Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. All that is happening. Had a great time yesterday. I just want to uh, uh, once again mention we, we took a team down uh, or up to Manassas, Virginia, just outside of D.C., and I spoke with Pastor Joseph. Uh, this afternoon, he did want to uh, ask uh, that I would once again extend his gratitude uh, for all of those who came along yesterday and, uh, and helped out. It was a great, great blessing. And so once again, we thank you for, uh, for that time. I believe it's going to be fruitful. Can you say amen? Uh, we passed out a whole bunch of flyers. More than that, we witnessed about Jesus and shared our testimony and even more than that, uh, as Amanda mentioned this morning, uh, we can set an example. We can set an example for those faithful few people. Uh, as my wife and I were talking about that yesterday, um, uh, she, she said something that caught my attention. And that is that, you know, when we, when we go to these small churches, pioneer churches, to, uh, to help them in their time as they're growing and gaining people, uh, you know, if you were there yesterday, you saw probably, what was it, three or four people from their church. It was just a one married couple, and there was uh, one young lady there uh, who'd been there from the beginning, and then a, a married couple that had been saved for just less than a year. Brand new converts, really. And, uh, and it's just amazing to see that, you know, there's pastor and his wife, and there's three or four other people from their church. And here we come, and we overwhelm them with uh, a van load of crazy, loud people and scary children running everywhere. And, but, but what I love about that is that these people really are the salt of the earth. You know what I mean? How crazy would you have to be, you know, to be the very first person to come to a pioneer church? I don't know if, if I would do that. You know, that takes a lot of courage. You have to be a special kind of person, and so it's a great blessing for us to be, to be able to encourage those people and say, you are doing a great thing. And so even as we're blessing them, they're blessing us in return. And I really want to encourage you to pray for pioneer churches. Uh, this is where the real action is happening. You know, we look at mega churches, we look at parking lots that are filled with cars, and we think, oh man, so much great stuff is happening there. But I want to tell you, the real action is in those pioneer churches where a couple, a family, working with just a few individual people, and we are winning souls one at a time, and that is being multiplied all around the world by 2,500. You know what I mean? And we are seeing a great move of God uh, through our fellowship and beyond, and so we're so grateful for what He is doing tonight. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to turn uh, tonight to some of the most amazing words ever spoken on planet earth, of course, by 
the Son of God, as He preaches His Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we want to return to a powerful truth tonight that we need to hear early and often in our Christian lives. And so I want to turn directly to the, to the Scripture tonight in Matthew chapter 6, the words of Jesus beginning in verse 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? Your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Verse 27, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing And yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. The New King James, Seek ye first the kingdom and His righteousness, and He will give you everything you need. So, verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we come once again by the blood of Jesus and we're once again seeking your wisdom and understanding for our lives. I'm praying, God, that you would open the hearts of your people tonight, that you would remind us once again that you are the author and the finisher, you are the creator, you are in control. And God, that we are going to be safe in your hands tonight. I'm praying once again that your people would have a simple and yet abiding trust in your word, in your truth tonight. And we thank you for all that you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, Amen. Amen. I want to talk about worry. And this is a sermon I've titled, The Worry Breaker. This is a generation that we are living in today that probably has it better than every other generation that has passed before us. When you really start to think about it, you know, we have a lot of complaints about this life, and truly there are a lot of terrible things to complain about. But when you really begin to examine your life compared to the lives of people that lived even 40 or 50 years ago, or even 100 or 200 years ago, or even 500 or 1,000 years ago, can I tell you, can I remind you tonight, you've got it good. We don't die of uh, as many sicknesses as people used to. The birth rate, children uh, uh, that are being born, uh, you know, it used to be that, uh, that it was very, very commonplace for mothers to die during childbirth. Uh, doctors couldn't figure out why. 
We have figured out the reasons why. We've, we've made so many medical advancement, technology. We are able to get on an airplane for a fairly reasonable price and to get across and around the world in mere hours. We've got it pretty good. You've got a device in your pocket that can answer any question that you can imagine and give you facts and information about almost any subject under the sun. You have things at your fingertips that previous generations could only dream about. You and I today are living better than kings and queens of 200 years ago. We've got it pretty good. And yet, in a generation that is so incredibly blessed, we still worry a lot, don't we? Boy, we're stressed out people, aren't we? In a hustle and bustle culture, in a time where we're frantically searching for the next thing, frantically searching for how are we going to meet this and pay that and take care of this, worry can be an intense problem, can't it? We do live in a world of great risk. I want to share with you... um, A few things that can ruin your weekend. (laughs) Cause of death, heart disease. There are 652,000 deaths per year due to heart disease in the United States. That's one in five of all deaths. Uh, There are 553,000 deaths every year due to cancer. That's one in seven. There are 150,000 deaths per year by stroke. That, That is one in 24. There are 99,000 deaths per year due to hospital infections. That's one in 38. 59,000 deaths per year because of the common flu. That's one in 63. 44,000 due to car accidents. 31,000 due to suicide. 19,000 accidental poisoning. 17,000 falling down. 3,300 due to drowning. 762 bike accident deaths, 742 air accidents, 273 uh, deaths due to sun or heat exposure. There's 47 deaths per year due to lightning strikes, 24 deaths per year due to train crashes, 11 deaths per year because of fireworks. And on average, there is one person who dies every year because of shark attacks. Now, if you studied that list long enough, you might get worried. Which one is going to hit me tomorrow? And there are people who stay up at night thinking about all of the ways that life is going to get you. But let me ask you this question. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) We live in a world where we have to learn how to live with risks. Life is risky business. Living in this life, there are certain risks that we have to accept. If you are not able to accept a certain level of risk in your life, you know what will happen? You'll stay at home. You'll be afraid of the world around you. If you are unwilling to take on risk, then you will never reach a reward. 
Because the truth of life is that there is no reward without risk. This is what stops people from starting their own business. Business owners and entrepreneurs, yes, can be a very tough and arduous road, and, but at the same time, if you'd be willing to take on the risk of starting a business, wow, there's a reward of having to be your own boss. That sounds pretty good. The world we live in is a world of risk since 9-11. I can remember before you know, 9-11 took place, you could get on an airplane without being uh, assaulted by the TSA. And now in the world post 9-11, you know, you got to get frisked and checked down and poked and prodded in places that, wow, for a set of nail clippers, really? Any liquid quantity more than 100 milliliters? Can't take a snow globe on an airplane? Boy, we are worried people, aren't we? But you know why that is? Because we were attacked. Because there was death and devastation on a television screen. Because towers fell down, and now we are unwilling to live with that risk. Benjamin Franklin has a famous quote. And he said, those who give up essential liberty to purchase temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. What he's talking about tonight is willingness to live with some risk in your life. A willingness to take on some risk in order to live a life without worry. There are probably, has never been another day in all of history where there were so many worried people as there are right now in our culture. Worry is all around us. And I want to tell you that worry is not because something has changed in our lives. Worry does not be, is not produced because something is happening. Worry happens to us not because of what happens, but because of a decision that we make. There are so many worried people. <laughs> I found one person who said that ignorant people worry, but they don't know any better. Educated folks worry because they know so much to worry about. Old people worry because they're coming close to the end of their lives. Young folks worry because they have so many years ahead of them in this topsy-turvy world. Unreligious people worry because they don't have any faith. And religious people worry because maybe my faith's not good enough. Not only do all sorts of people worry, but they worry about so many different things. We worry about our bodies. We worry about our soul. We worry, uh, people in the church worry about the pastor, and the pastor worries about the people. We worried about getting married, and then we worry about staying married. We worry about disasters that take place. We worry about storms. Have you ever, uh, (laughs) has it ever occurred to you that the reason the news, the local news station talks so much about the coming hurricane is because they get more eyeballs on their TV screens if you are worried about it. And the reason they're going to freak everybody out and the stores will be cleared out, every bottle of water will be purchased from Walmart. Why is that? Because we're worried. 
And then, and then the day comes that the hurricane is supposed to hit, and, uh, you know, one lawn chair falls over. We will survive. We worry about disaster, and often it doesn't take place. And may I remind you tonight exactly what Jesus said. All of this worry, add it up and put it together. What does it do? How does it help? Can it add a single moment to your life? Jesus asked, can it add even a cubit to your stature? Can it add an inch to your height, Jesus says? Can it make you stronger? Can it make you more prepared? We've all done a lot of useless things. But the most useless of all is worry. Worry never gets you anywhere. Worry has never lifted a single load. It has never solved a single problem. Have you ever, listen to me carefully, have you ever told yourself, wow, I'm so glad I worried about that thing. Man, I'm so glad that I spent a whole week stressed out over that stupid thing that didn't really mean anything. You've never said that to yourself, have you? Things, there are some things in life, yes, that we should never worry about, that we should just be willing to take on acceptable risk. I read about crazy insurance policies. You know, most people have insurance for their home or their car, have insurance, a life insurance policy. It's smart to take out insurance on, on some certain things. But have you ever heard of the crazy insurance policies that people purchase and buy out for crazy things, especially, uh, you know, like, uh, like famous or rich people? Uh, I heard about one person, read about uh, someone who took out twins insurance. You read that one? If you're expecting an addition to your family, you might be interested in purchasing twin insurance, which would cover any additional costs if you have more than one child at a time. Wow. One person purchased alien abduction insurance. Insurance company pay out if you can prove that you've been abducted by extraterrestrials and then return back to Earth. People actually pay for this. I heard, about, uh, I heard about some religious nuns in Scotland, and uh, they, 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 uh, they purchased an insurance uh, protection plan against conceiving immaculately. A British insurance company provided them with a million pounds worth of cover just in case one of them turned out to be carrying the second coming of Christ. Interesting. I want to tell you tonight, people worry about so many crazy things. Tonight, as you were on your way to church, you were probably worried about something. I looked up some interesting uh, statistics about myself. Uh, there, there's a website you can go to to, uh, to look up the risk that you carry just for being alive in the United States today. As a 37-year-old white male living in Virginia, I found out that I have a one in a hundred chance of dying within the next year. Wow. I have a one in 2,500 chance of 
dying by car accident. I have a 1 in 13,500 chance of being murdered within the next year. Now that could probably keep you up at night if you thought about it too much. My question is, what am I going to do about it? What can I do? I'm going to purchase a firearm and I'm going to go on with my life. Right? I'm not going to worry about that. I'm, not, I'm going to take the acceptable risk of going forward with my life and I'm going to put that out of my mind because by worrying about it, it doesn't help me at all. And besides that, on one side, it adds nothing positive to our lives, but on the other side, it is so devastatingly harmful to the human body and the soul. The person who is infected with worry, the person who allows the risk of living life to fill their mind is being a burden to themselves, a burden to others around, and most of all, a burden and a disappointment to our Lord. Do you remember what Jesus said to his friends as he's preaching to them on this day? He's saying, look, guys, why do you worry so much about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear? He says, why are you worried about it? Is it going to help you in any way? And the real question here is, why do you not trust me? How do you have such little faith? You know what really worry is deep down? Worry is a lack of faith in God. It's unbelief. And there is nothing that displeases our Savior more than saying, God, I have to worry about this because you're not worried about it. By taking on the worries of our lives, what we are actually saying is, God, you don't actually care about me, so I have to carry this burden. It's the disciples in the boat. As the storm is raging, they're saying, Jesus, do you not care about us? We're perishing. We're about to drown. And the same familiar words Jesus said, why do you have such little faith? Don't you think that I can do something about this? Don't you believe that if I am in the boat, you're going to be okay? Don't you believe that if Jesus is in your life, that he understands what you're going through? That he knows what you're feeling? That he sees what dangers are facing you? And that you are still in palms of his hand how little do you trust me jesus asked so let's talk then about ridding ourselves of worry anxiety and worry are such ugly things to have in our lives there's only really one thing left to do with it stop it just stop it <laughs> there are some false answers to worry Maybe if I just wait it out, maybe the situation will change, and maybe then I will stop worrying. No, that's not the answer. There is no such thing as a perfect situation, right? There's no such thing as problems that fix themselves. If I was in an ideal situation, 
and you were fortunate enough to get into it, you'd probably ruin it. A second way that we, uh, that a false answer to worry is just simply to tough it out. But that doesn't work either. What we must do tonight is realize that worry did not come from nowhere. It is something that you gained over time. Can I remind you tonight that there is no one who is born worried. Your two-year-old is not worried about himself. That's why you have to worry for them, right? Right? Your, 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 little, uh, your little toddler isn't worried about what's going to happen if he flies off the bed. And so that's why we have to save their lives, right, over and over again and keep them alive. That's why mothers are the most worried of all creatures, because they want to keep their little babies alive and hopefully until they can start worrying about themselves. But I say that because we were never born worried. It was something that you gained with time. The same way that if you have learned a skill, if you have become a musician, it's, because, it's not because you were born with that incredible talent. It's because you have practiced and practiced and practiced and hours and labor and passion. And the same with worry. People who are very skilled at worrying, it's the same. It's because there's been years. Time, practice, over and over, worry, it's an achievement. What we have to do tonight is we have to retool our minds. Romans, it says, let our, let our minds be, uh, what's the word? Transformed, thank you. Thank you, Marquita. Philippians 4.8, what is it that Christians are supposed to be thinking about? Philippians 4.8. Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, pure, lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything worthy of praise, then meditate or think on these things. Can I tell you, if you think on those things, if you fill your mind with things that are true, noble, just, pure, and lovely, things that are of a good report... What do we have to worry about, man? What do we have to be stressed out over? We have to change the way we think. Again, the problem of worry is really nothing more than a simple doubt in our Creator. So the antidote is faith. For so many things in our lives, fear and faith can never coexist in the same place at the same time. Jesus gave the example of birds, the birds of the air. And he said that they don't plant, they don't harvest, they don't store up their food in barns. Because why? The Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Jesus says, look, every bird on the earth today, every chicken, every sparrow, Every sky rat, you know what those are, right? Pigeons. Every, every, uh, every seabird, every, every bird, every penguin. Jesus says, hey, they all have enough food and to spare. You know, have you ever heard somebody talk about, like um, maybe my, my daughters, they'll, they'll say, oh, she eats like a bird. You know that's actually not really accurate because 
People who've actually studied birds found out that they eat half of their weight every single day. So if you eat like a bird, you're a massive overeater. But I'm saying that because birds have plenty to eat, don't they? Is anybody feeding them? Only the crazy old lady giving them bread crust, right? The ducks down by the pond. Nobody's purposely feeding the birds. Every sparrow, every robin, every bird that is out beautiful singing songbirds. And wow, they, they sing a nice little tune for us when we wake up in the morning. And I tell you, the Father is feeding them. And if God cares about those little birds... How much more does he care about you? You the one that he sent his son for? You the one that he thinks about and labors and sends his Holy Spirit to deal with you? And you're worried? You're worried about what is going to be in the cupboard next week? I'm so thankful for people who have faith. I've encountered people uh, we heard a testimony a couple weeks ago from our sister Nisha, who was here for that testimony. Nisha, what a wonderful woman of faith. And she said, I, don't, I didn't know how the bills were going to get paid. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But she said, I just trusted God. I just trusted God. Can we all together have that same simple childlike faith in the Father? I want to tell you it pleases Him. If God is our Father, we don't need to worry. Verse 32 says, These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. The final truth I want to share with you tonight is what Jesus said in verse 33. He said, Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. I want to tell you tonight that that Scripture is like a North Star for my life. That Scripture, ever since I was a new believer, was one that captured my heart. It, was, it said simply, seek first God's kingdom. Seek Him first with your time. Seek Him first with your money. And I want to declare to you, beloved, that as my, my wife, my, myself and my wife, as we have put that principle into action in our lives, we have seen it come to pass. We have sought God's kingdom first. We could have done other things. We could have done this or that. We could have taken jobs that would take us out. We could have done things that would, would have put our own kingdom first. Oh, but I'm telling you tonight, when you seek first God's kingdom when you put His kingdom above everything else, Him and His righteousness, then here's the promise. He will give you all that you need. Just take note. It didn't say all that you want. He will give you everything that you need. And He does. Are there still hardships? Yes. Are there still heartbreaks? Yes but we have what we need. We still have a roof over our head. I am obviously not wasting away famished. I am well fed. The Lord, Thank you, Ramon. 
the Lord takes care of me. And I believe tonight that when you seek first God's kingdom, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be filled with fear and anxiety every day. I see people whose lives are stressed, stressed, stressed out because some, some standard that they're trying to chase, some dream they're trying to achieve, some material goal they're trying to achieve. Seek God's kingdom first. And He will give you everything you need. What about you tonight? Has worry infected your heart? Has worry about this life? Worry? Sometimes it's our children. Mothers, as I mentioned, mothers can worry, worry, worry. Right, Mom? (laughs) It is pre-programmed in the heart of a mother. But there comes a time when you've got to shoot those arrows. God, they're in your hands. They're in your hands. I've done what I can. God, you've got to do what you do. And we've got to transform our worry into faith. Faith. If all we do is, I've seen parents, you know, uh, this is a weird generation. Now, it used to be, when I was a kid, back in the 80s and the 90s, you know, we would still go outside and play in the neighborhood, in Arizona. Right? We had these uh, orange groves out there. I don't know if anybody had been out there, but we had these massive forests of orange groves and all the neighborhood kids after school we would go out there and we would pick up these clods of dirt man that hard arizona ground and we would have you ever seen one of those balloon launchers on the on the rubber bands where one guy stands here and the other guy stands here and there's one kid who pulls back and you're supposed to launch water balloons well we would have dirt clod wars with each other we'd be launching these dirt clods like hundreds of yards away from each other and, uh, man, we spent hours. We played on the trampoline at the Mormon kids' house down the street. We rode bicycles on hills. Man, I just, the, the rule was that we had to be in before dark when the streetlights come on. Wow, something about children today, they don't see that anymore. Parents are worried, worried, worried. And it affects how they grow. It affects personalities. I want to tell you, God, when we seek His kingdom first, I'm not saying take extra risk on yourself. There are risks in living life. I'm saying that we have to trust Him in all things tonight. What is it in your life tonight that causes worry? Can we once again put our trust in the God who sets us free? in the God who takes care of us, in the God who has created all things. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we bring the service to a close and as we consider. We have to replace our fears with faith tonight. Consider the birds. Consider the lilies of the field that Solomon in all his glory was not dressed so beautifully as these. There is a Father in heaven.
we thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Oh,